as an employee, you're going to work just hard enough so that they don't fire you. And then as the employer, they're going to pay you just enough so you don't quit. Right? That's the relationship of the employee and employer. It's not, like you said, it's not meant for them to make you wealthy. It's no, for, no. it's for you to make a living. And that, yeah, I it's guess, a conflict the of interest. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we embrace open dialogue from different perspectives about entrepreneurship, relationships, and education. And this open dialogue is needed, especially today, as we live in a Twitter finger society where everyone seems to care more about getting their point across than they are about hearing the other person's perspective. If you're ready to grow your business, your relationships, and your personal development, stick with us here at the Perspective Podcast, because sometimes in life, to get to the next level, you just need a different perspective. If I look like what I've been through, I'd be roadkill. Tell me off of the pavement, I'm reeking from the mold still. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, C. Muzan. Got T here with me. Say what's up, T. What's going on, family? Guys, we are back for another week, another exciting episode, just ready to talk about our perspective and hear your perspective in our community. Um, today's topic, T and I were just, again, every time we get prepared to, to bring you guys some more content and really have a, a, a more of a conversation with you, we, we just get prepped for, you know, what we want to talk about and how we want to uh, get it to you guys. Today, we just started rolling by talking about uh, work, right? Talking about jobs and what work and uh, our work life looks like right now uh, in our society. And we couldn't really figure out which angle we want to take. We wanted to take it. So we're probably going to bounce around a bit. But these are some conversations that we know that you guys out there are dealing with um, or that it ha or you've seen or it's something you're thinking about or a friend of yours uh, has thought about uh, when it comes to, you know, being an employee and what that means in our society today. There's so many different variations of it. Uh, the question is, you know, kind of wh where are you comfortable and what type of work do you see yourself doing? Are you the type that wants to work from home? Um, that's a conversation we're going to touch on uh, on this episode is, hey, you know, is, is working from home a good thing? Are you more productive when you work from home? Do you think that that creates, and I use air quotes here, a better work-life balance, right, if you're working from home? Um, or do you see the traditional being in an office, uh, being around your, your leadership, your boss, your teammates, your, your colleagues, whomever it is, is that beneficial to your career, right? We, we're we're, we're going to touch on some of those things. Uh, we're also going to touch on the fact that, like, do you need multiple hustles or is, does anyone just have one job anymore, right? Does anybody just have one job, one thing that they do? Um, or is it necessary to have a side hustle, to have a second stream? You know, on this podcast, we've talked a few times about having a second stream of income and really doing things to put your family in the right position. The question is, is it needed? Is it necessary? Um, all of the um, different industries that are out there, people that you might think, you know, are making okay money still need to have a second career or a side hustle um, and then the other thing that, we'll, you know, we might touch on, you know, th this rate of unemployment, there are numbers that get put out into, right, the, the, the world news or the United States news that, that says that unemployment's, you know, the best that it's ever been, you know, it's the lowest that it's ever been. But yet people are working two, three, four jobs. Do those numbers correlate? Is that still, is that number accurate? Um, so a lot of things to talk about that we just want to throw out there and just have a conversation on, but most of it's going to stem around, you know, your work life and what that looks like. Um, so I'm going to toss it over to T and T you start wherever you want to. I know uh, we can kind of jump right in to um, 
maybe the the you know do we need a second career or a second side hustle because uh, that's one of the things that we were just talking about uh so maybe if you want to start there t and give me your thoughts on you know how how yeah. you see this yeah man i mean you know it's interesting because you know i'm someone you know you know i have you know i have my job you know i work as a leader <laughs> um you know you know several several you know stores or what have you under me that i'm responsible for um and i understand the thought process of you have your day job but you have maybe a passion project or you have a a, a picture for yourself or a vision for yourself that may not directly correlate to the work that you do and now we live in a society or a place in a period in history where you can be doing multiple things, right? Like I have my website, I have different things that I have going on outside of your job. Like you could connect to them. Like, you know what I mean? And so I totally get that. Like, you know, most people will, you know, hear what I make, you know, like I I work a, a job that I'm able to make over six figures a year. Right. And if I continue to move up, it gets larger. (laughs) Um, So some people may hear that and say, oh my goodness, man, you're, you know, you're making so much money, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but Tracy, my bills, right? <laughs> right? Um, but some people may say, well, if I did that, I would be fine. And I think it comes down to two different types of people. There's some jobs that you have that don't pay you enough. Now, I will argue no job, well, not no, I don't want to say no, because that means I know every single job. A lot of jobs, I can say that, will not ever pay you enough, right? Or they'll pay you just enough, but never pay you enough where you're just absolutely comfortable, right? Like jobs are not putting you in a position to you so you could just become rich. And those type of jobs, there's a lot of work that you got to put in on the front end to be able to be like, I could get rich off this job, if that makes sense, right? Um, right. Like there's either a lot of schooling you have to go through and or a lot of experience or just cutting your teeth in the industry. And you've earned the right to be able to be like, I could get rich off my job. (laughs) And and so Um, just to just to sidebar on that, that is actually where corporate America goes wrong is because people that have that mindset of I've had to work extremely hard to get to this place, to become this mm -hmm. sea suite member to be the yep. CMO, the CFO, the CEO. I've got, I've worked so hard to get here that I will not let anyone take this spot from me. And I'm going to do whatever mm-hmm. I possibly can to make sure I keep myself here. Right. That yep. happens so much. <laughs> and I'm sure T, you know this better than I do. Oh. <laughs> but in general yeah. I'm just gonna you know when we get really like big time and we have like the audio person there I'm just dropping the Bernie Mac laugh on that <laughs> I'll just do it myself for this one but it's well, very that, true like that's, that's another conversation for another podcast we might have to save that for a long time out right we, we might need oh to my make god make sure that podcast goes a little bit further out maybe a couple oh, of yeah. years from now but, uh, oh yeah, we're time way. stepping anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but either way, like that's that's also it's one of those things you and you said it too. Just as I'm kind of just going off of your thoughts, the mm-hmm. the relationship between the employee and the employer, and I've said this before also, is right, as an employee, you're gonna work just hard enough so that they don't fire you, and then as the employer, they're gonna pay you just enough so you don't quit. Right, that's the relationship of the employee and employer. It's not like you said. It's not meant for them to make you wealthy. It's no. So no. it's for you to make a living. And that, yeah, I it's guess a conflict the of interest. It's a. It's a. It's honestly employment. A lot of way and a lot of times that I and this is just keeping it really blunt, honest with people. And I've I've been I've been lucky enough to like want to learn a lot and so I ask a thousand questions which you know is one thing right I, we have another podcast about how many questions you ask your bosses because uh, <laughs> uh, I probably I probably lost a lot of those battles but um you know are done it wrong going about it wrong but also like I'm just curious and I read a lot but and I've been able to see it from a, a, a corporate perspective and 
I, I will say it's there's a conflict of interest happening, okay? And this is just keeping it very blunt. The employee, and I always joke with my people, and I usually get their buy-in when I'm, like, first off, like, I meet them, even in the interview, or not interview, but, like, right after they're hired, I'm just like, listen, I understand how this works. The way this works is most people want to do as little amount of work as possible and make the most amount of money. Sounds great, right? Everybody can agree. Man, that sounds excellent, right? And then everybody can agree. And I'm like, and employers, they want to work you as hard as possible for and try to see how much you are willing to accept. What is the the least amount you're willing to accept, right? And then most people, if they're like looking glazed over, like, I never know that. I'm like, all right, let me ask you a question. If I had a cell phone and you thought the cell phone was worth a thousand dollars, right? And I offered it to you for a dollar, would you buy it? Yeah, hell yeah, I'd buy the cell phone, right? Like, of course, you can see for a dollar, I would take it. I'm like, but you thought it was worth a thousand. Why didn't you just give me my thousand dollars? No, you was willing to sell it to me for a thousand. Exactly. So at the same point, you would be willing to do less for more, an employer will willing to be able to work you for less. It's the same concept, right? And so usually when I hit it with that, everybody's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So because there's this weird conflict of interest, from an employee standpoint, you you have to, if you're trying to make more money at work, and we'll just sidebar there for a second, you have to make yourself perceive to be extremely valuable for your company. I'll say, I say perceive. The reason why I say perceived is some companies are metrics driven. So that means your numbers have to be right to have a perception that you're extremely valuable, right? Now, if some companies are not so metric driven, so then you got to play more of a political game, right? Or a who do I need to know game or a brown nosy game to show your value because somebody has to like you for you to be perceived as really valuable, which then allows you to be able to have the opportunity, a better opportunity to make more money. But remember, the company is constantly trying to cut expense. And unfortunately for how our accounting is set up, employees are not on the asset column of the balance sheet. They're on the expense column, right? And so what do we do? We like to cut expenses as a business, right? All of us, or well, most of us do, even in our homes. Like we have the conversation, man, what's this on my, on my cell phone bill? I don't want that expense. I'm not using it. So it becomes, hey, you know what? We have these employees and they're this expense. So what do we do? We like to cut expenses. So people have to understand the conflict of interest that's there. Right, people ain't trying to spend all their day at work, but they want to make a bunch of money. And the employers want you there all day, being productive, but they want to pay you the least amount as possible. Well, that just, you're willing to accept. It's just two different. Right? Focuses. Yeah, it's two different focuses. <laughs> two different focuses. It is. The, That's why I say it's a it's a it's a conflict. Yeah, there's a conflict. Yeah, and and it, it'll always be that until you create a company that cares about what their employees care about and not the bottom line. That's it. Right? Yeah. Now, now, okay, so with that being said, that's where I don't have a problem with, and I, I don't have a problem with any of it, but I really don't have a problem with people having a side gig, if you will, that is, that is, that is designed to transition them to their pure happy place, right? Like, you know, I run a, you know, like a, a, a rec league or a basketball league. I do, you know, I do X, Y, and Z because I don't have a problem transitioning. You know, this is where I want to go. I have my job for my job, and then I'm trying to transition to X, Y, and Z. And I don't either, I don't have the skill set yet to do X, Y, and Z by itself. I don't have the guts, like not really, I don't say guts, but like the stomach really to deal with like trying to do X, Y, Z during this loo time of nothingness, right? This space of this, the, the sunken place is what a lot of entrepreneurs fall into right? Like, or what have you, no problem with that. Where I get like a little bit like anti from an employer standpoint is where 
a mass majority of my employees have to, like, they have to, like, feel like they have to go do other things just to survive. And, and That's why, do where, you, why do you think that is? Like, why do you well, think they feel like they have to? Is it strictly from a money standpoint, like the job doesn't pay them enough money and they need to go do yep. something? That's, you think, that's, why? I think that's one. I think, well, look, look, <laughs> I work for employers, right, that had, and, I, and this is real talk, that had a maximum of a 3% raise, right? I've worked for several, you know, different employers my whole life. And I always ask these questions. Like, what's the, you know, annual raise or, or what can you do to get a raise? And some of them, like, 3% max. So let's talk about that for a second. What's the average rate of inflation? It's 2%, right? Like, theoretically, right? I think that's what it is, right? It's like, between, well, 2%. Two and three. between 2 and 3. It's, it's, it's closer let's, to 3. It's closer to 3, but, like, some people say, say It's closer to 2. I was going to, I went, let's be very hopeful here. Let's say we had a great year. It went to 2%. Yeah. That means I'm an excellent employee and I get a 1% raise. Yeah. Right? Now, now, now here goes the thing. Now we can argue, right? We can argue whether you should automatically just get a raise every year because you're this there. We can argue that all day. Right, I don't believe in just like, oh, you've been here an extra year. Here goes, here goes five more percent on your pay. I don't agree with that. Now, and the reason why, and now, and think about it, I don't agree with that because I believe your pay should be based on the value that you bring. And if you are adding more value, then I don't have a problem with paying more. Right? That makes that just makes sense. But if you're just there, and you, let's say, you work at a widget factory, and you produce a hundred widgets. And that's the max that can be produced with your skill set. And the next year, you produce 100 widgets. Why am I paying you 5% more to produce the same thing? Just because cost of living went up? Just because it's like inflation? Maybe, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Maybe, right? So now, okay, so then, okay, so then, now we have a conversation. Again, we're going back and forth to, is the employer responsible to make sure that their employees are X, Y, Z, or is the employer responsible to, hey, the value that you add, it's an exchange, it's an immediate exchange. And that's why, and to be honest, that's, and if you ask me to future pace it, I believe that a lot of employers are going to give up or are going to walk away from the, the um, employee model, the W-2 model, and go more towards the the, um, the 1099 independent worker model, because I think it goes back to this other point we're going to bring up is the 1099 model, if it's run correctly, there's flexibility, yeah. right? And it's more assignment driven, value based driven compared to, hey, you're just here every day. Now, I get, understand, like, like I said, I don't like the whole you've been here, so let me just tell you the same, but I do understand from a social perspective. Hey, I do want, I don't want the people that are working for me stressed out. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because if they're stressed out, my company is stressed out. So there's a balance there. There definitely but, is. <laughs> right? There's a balance there. But at the end of the day, I'm like, from a business, and here goes that conflict of interest, uh, from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense. From a social perspective, it makes sense. And then one can argue if your people are happy, then you're going to get more done. But that only goes so far because here goes the thing. Higher, more pay doesn't always translate to happier employees. Of course not. Is it medical? Is it, is it, is it, it could be medical. It could be regional, right? Like during certain times of the year, like you shouldn't have people there or what have you. But a lot of companies are not really digging into truly understanding what makes their employees tick. And then they're not willing to change as the demographics of their employees change to make sure everybody's still happy. And that's why corporate America pisses me off so much because they're so stuck sometimes on the money that they're, they're missing the people piece that doesn't always, that in my opinion translates to money, but they don't do it the right way. So then you get people that are one foot in, one foot out the door employees to our point, right? Or the employee that says, I want to work from home. 
right? Because I feel like I have more flexibility being able to work from home. Like I can go pick up little Jimmy from the grocery store, you know, from daycare without necessarily leaving the work because my boss is going to ask me while I'm leaving, right? But then the person that works from home for the flexibility doesn't have the same opportunities based on some studies as others that are in the office to get promoted, even if they're just as effective. Sure. Because they're not there. There's a, there's, there's, there's a lot there's a lot there that 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 you said and I could probably you know touch on a, f- a few different ones but the, but one of the things that you said about working or about um the the employer right the the reason why it it frustrates you is cuz there's two different types of employers the people that really do see that people are the key to their success and then the other side of employers that believe that just working on the financials and the bottom line is the most important thing. You're always going to get these two schools of thought, and it starts from the top. We've talked about this yep. before. It starts from the top. Your CEO, the, the people that are in charge, what, what conversation are they having with their subordinates, like with the C-suite people, the people that report to the CEO, what conversation- Right, or the board, whatever, right? Like what conversations are they having? Is it about bottom line profit? Is it about money? Is it about, right, expansion? Like what is it about? Or is it about the, their people, the internal, the external, the customer and the, the employee? If your CEO or the people that are on the board, the people at the top of that company are people-centric, They care about their customers and they care about their employees more than they care about the bottom line. Then they can run a company that the way that you're talking, where they care about the people, they will actually make changes. They'll actually listen. They'll, you know, that whole word of uh, what's it called? Three, three sixty leadership. Yeah. 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 You know, where like everyone is just, you know, you're, you're managing up, you're managing down left, right. Like you're just able to give your feedback whenever you want to. It's received in the proper manner. Changes happen, right? That's the type of company that people want to work for normally, but most companies and most CEOs are focused on the bottom line, especially if they're a publicly traded company, if they're publicly, well, have to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if you're a publicly traded company, everything most of everything you're thinking about is your stock price for your shareholders, for your board. So you're thinking in these 90 day windows of how did we do? How will this look on our, you know, when we have to put out, you know, our quarter two prospectus, like that's all you're thinking about, but that's how these companies start to focus on the wrong things. And to go deeper into your point, that's another reason why I believe they will go more towards 1099 than W-2, not just for um, you know the reason that it creates more productive, happy people, because I don't think that's what they care about. I th- Again, I think they care about the bottom line and be- putting people on a 1099, meaning they're going towards independent contractors, actually means that there's less liability on the company. Because now the company doesn't need to provide health care. The company doesn't need to provide benefits. The company doesn't need to uh, prov- provide 401ks or pension, nothing. If you have an independent contractor, you, as the company, you have no liability. Like, that, that's them. They do you a service for your business. And you don't have to house them. You don't have to give them benefits. You don't have to give them anything. So that's why I think you're right that these that companies will move more towards 1099, but it's really a selfish reason because they realize, all right, well, if we need to lower expenses, because if sales are the only two things in business, this is a business 101 talk for people. The only two things that are controlled that you can do in business is grow your sales or lower your expenses. Right? Yep. That, those are the two things that really move the metrics and move the needle for your profit. And so if you can't figure out how to keep growing your sales month over month, year over year, if, you can, if you're not constantly thinking about growing, the only other side is to think about how to lower your expenses, how to cut costs. And if yep. labor is one of those high expenses, which is the people that you're employing, 
and you can't figure out a way to pay them less because in a community, in a society that we're in right now, I mean, literally the conversation we're having is companies already don't pay their people enough. So if a company can't think about lowering their, what they pay their workers, because now minimum wage goes up and everyone's advocating for more money, well, the company is going to have to figure out how to create create that balance. So what they're going to do is they're going to start pushing things off their books. One of the things that that 1099 strategy will do is people won't have to have buildings, like office buildings, like overhead. Right? Not big one. Yeah, at least yeah, not, not big, big ones. One. I work in, I work it out of a, a co-working space, a shared working space. Uh, I think it's that like these are popping up all over. Most people have heard of like WeWork or some other type of uh, shared working or co-working space. The reason these are, are getting bigger and becoming more popular, it's because people don't want the overhead anymore of having a building. And if flexibility becomes something that our society, our generations care about, which it seems like they do, they care about flexibility now, well, you can pay a small, over, a small monthly overhead to use working space to have your people come into this workspace for three hours, for four hours, for seven hours, however long, and then they can go off and do their own thing. You don't have to worry about paying for, you know, the overhead of some, some 10,000 square foot building that you would have once had to have 10, 15 years ago. So there's definitely some benefits to it, but best believe employers are looking to find ways to lower their expenses. If they're not 100%. going to fire people, they're going to find other ways to do it. And, uh, you know, th that's where all these solutions start, start popping up. The question becomes now to transition into the other part that we wanted to talk about, about this working from home model. Is that the right way to go? Is that smart? Is that going to make people more productive? Is that going to make companies more productive? What's your thought on the work from home, remotely working situation? Well, I think, well, just a, like one last thought on the other part and I'll transition is the, the, the challenge is going to be just for anybody really concerned about it. The whole thing with Uber, right? Like there's a lot of very strict laws between a 1099 and an employee. And if your experience they tell you what you have to do, when to do, where to do it, da da da. If all those things check those boxes off, you're still going to be an employee. And I think companies, there's a liability factor there that they switch all these people to 1099, and then the government just, and then, then people get disgruntled because there's a lot of privileges and protections as a W 2, and they just go mass mob back. I think those companies are going to have some legal challenges. If you, you know what I mean, with it and how, because you would have to restructure and everything. And, and there's a lot of laws and how people are told what to do, when they're told what to do, how they're told what to do that fit into that, that I think is going to be very, very interesting. But, but needless to say, companies are always trying to cut their expenses, period, no matter what. Like I have my company. One of the first things I tried to do was I had a supplier, just to give you an example as we transition here. And I figured out how to get the same product to my customers for 17% less <laughs> than I was paying before. And guess what? I switched, right? I switched like three times. So I literally was able to, and guess what? Now, because my product started doing well, I increased my price by 5% and I shared the expense of getting that product to my customer by 17%. <laughs> that's, that's business you're thinking like a business owner yeah like now what if that 17% came at the cost of an extra employee and guess what they, you, the, the key word there is extra I found out how to make that person extra and I became more efficient I had to make a transition and I know that sucks to say but again it's a you know what I mean like at the end of the day it's, it's kind of like Business. We got it. Like, that's business. business. Like, you know, you got to make that decision and you're not looking at a person. You're looking at a, hey, I got to make this. I need to make this move for the livelihood of the business. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a people piece to it, et cetera, et cetera. I believe in 
severance packages. I believe if, if you're going to cut somebody's job or you make a bad hire on somebody, you got to own that. That's your mistake, right? And guess what? That's your mistake for you. Now you're being more efficient and you realize, hey, I, don't, I can't really afford all these people. You should take care of people and help them transition out. And that's a whole other conversation which you won't get into. But that's just me. Now, moving on into this whole work from home, I... I like the idea of there's some work from home time, right? Um, even within my company, you know, that I've worked for before, like there was some work at home days, right? Or time or how you can flex your time. I like it. I don't mind it. I, I will say I'm not more efficient at home. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, no, like, go there because I think like, and, and I'll find the article because we, we were reading an article on LinkedIn. Uh, that was talking about this um talk but honestly talk about that a bit like do do you feel that you're more effective working from home uh versus being in an office setting or a work setting no no and so to reference that article that article talked about people that are ambitious and they're trying to move up working from home is a career killer because you're not, and, 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 I, and, I, and I go there, and as you pull up the article, I'm better around people. Like, that's just the reality of it. And, I'm, and, and things that we talk about <clears throat> translate better in person, especially in a retail world, right? You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to be work from home from retail because then you just become a numbers cruncher, right? You're just looking at numbers, reading emails, and deciphering and sending a message out. Some things are easy. Hey, your numbers yesterday sucked. Why? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's pretty straightforward. All your numbers were great yesterday. Everything looks great. Here goes congratulations, right? It goes both ways. I hate bosses that don't give both sides of it. But anyways, so, um, but, but, but I'm not more effective at home. And the reason why I'm not more effective at home is my house has not, like, my family, they don't, like, if I'm home, I'm home. Right. Right? Like, right. so I don't have the right type of wife. <laughs> I can be straight up, you know, or kids from a work at home. Like, I, if I may work from home, then I'm in, like, work mode, meaning, like, the same way I would be at work is the same way I would be at home, right? But that's not the case, and if anybody's ever honest, that's not the case, right? Like, you see dirty dishes. Some people cannot stand to see dirty dishes. If you are at work, you can't do nothing about the dishes, so you can just focus on work. If you're at home and you see dirty dishes, then guess what happens? You're looking at like you know what I mean. Like it's too many distractions, especially if you got little ones, especially if you got little ones at home or something else. So I'm personally, I even told my wife. I said, listen, you know, if I ever transition off, the, if I ever transition off the job or what have you, and I have my own thing, I'm going to still get a um, a workspace. <laughs> A collaborative workspace that I will go to and work. And she's like, and she's like, why? I'm like, I can't work here. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I can't. Like, I'm in that situation. Like, you know, like, I, we, we run our own business. I have an office set up in my home, right? In our home, we, one of our extra bedrooms, we turned it into an office. Full desk, computer, writing space, stuff of whiteboard on the wall, like I could work there if I wanted to. However, I am not effective at all being at nope. home, not even a little bit, right? Like, and I have freedom, like, all like I have freedom to just wake up and go in the office and close the door, but it doesn't work that way because inevitably I will hear my wife. Inevitably, I'll hear my child. Something will happen. I will go because I know food is accessible and I'll go into the fridge more often I will walk around more, like I will do more things than I need to if I'm sitting at home trying to work. It just doesn't work. Now, I guess there are a group of people that it does work for. Hey, listen. Yeah, I know people where, like, um, I have a family member and they have, like, now see, they have work from home days. So, like, you know, there's a day, like, they're like Mondays because it's a bunch of their meetings and stuff. They don't really need to be in the office, right. they can do everything virtually. Most of the stuff is across the country anyway. Like, I can work with that, and, but, like, 
I'm only at home most of the time, and I very rarely go into the office. Like, I don't know, maybe, and I know people that they love it, but I will say this. There's something about, like, like for example, I don't sit on my bed. to I don't like to sit on my bed to watch TV, right, like to hang out. I want my bed, you know, like mentally, it's time for sleep. I want my body to, when I get in this bed, I want to make it as easy as possible to sleep. It's the same thing. I don't want my home to be my office, my comfort place, my show. Like, I don't want all those things in there. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? I have to compartmentalize a little bit. Sure. So I want my home to be home. And there's a difference between the two. And I think that's sometimes the challenge. However, I will say I do like a flexible deal where you can go into an office or not. And then you're not like, because I don't like the whole, I got to be in the office by 8 a.m. Otherwise, I'm going to get written up. Like that crap annoys the crap out of me. Yeah. Right? Now, I have to hold people accountable to that. But that annoys, like, you know what I mean? Like that annoys me. And I do like the flexibility of like, look, let me just get the job done and I can do it here, there, or whatever. I like that flexibility. I'm much more efficient that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. And to, to talk about this article, so I just pulled it up. It's a CNBC article, and um, Susie Welsh, who's Jack Welsh's wife, um, mm-hmm. she goes, like, the, the, the article is talking about some of the stuff that she has talked about and basically, I'm just going to read this little blurb, uh, this little excerpt from it, because I think this is what the point that she's trying to make the most is said that, um, uh, however, she says, the working remotely has very real upsides. It has serious drawbacks as well. And here's the drawback. She says in the article, here's the truth, says Welsh, the best work in an organization, the important work, it never gets done on the phone or over email or on Slack. Instead, she said, uh, it's almost always facilitated by relationships and understandings that only happen when people are together physically. Great teams, mm-hmm. great teams are built on the banter, the lunches, the late nights, the jokes, the asides, the, sh- the shared ahas. That type of bonding, she says, builds layers of trust and trust is a career's rocket fuel. You can fly. You can fly without it, but you can't soar. So, hey, right? I that that word. Look, I will stop you for a second. I literally had a mentor of mine yesterday, very good friend, say the people that get promoted in our company are the people that they can trust. Absolutely. Right there, like this, it was like, you want to get promoted? Or you want to keep growing with the company? And they're just dropping knowledge. They said, be somebody they could trust. Now, we can talk about how you gain that trust in a second. Right, exactly. but, right that's another conversation. But let's just leave it there. Go continue. I just, but, I want to bring, like, you read an article from somebody who I, I, I love, the Jack Welsh and their, their whole, like, I love it, right? I wish we still managed a little bit that way. They considered outdated now, but whatever. But again, like trust is for real, for real, y'all. For real, for real. Yep. So just to finish out that article, it says, Welsh emphasizes that if you're content where your career is now or you're not interested in a leadership role, working remotely may be a perfectly acceptable option for you. (laughs) You can contribute working remotely, she says. Uh, You can even get promoted. But if you want to move up in the ranks and become a leader in your organization, you need to be in the building. Leadership is an inside job, Welsh says, and it starts in the room where trust happens. So 100%. Right. So that's that's the point on the other side as to why if you want to be in a leadership position specifically or grow with the company or get your right working remotely is not going to probably be the smartest thing for you because I believe in that a thousand percent, especially when she says great teams are built on the banter, the lunches, the late nights, the jokes, the shared ahas. That's actually how you build a team. I'm, I, I have built teams before. I'm always in the process of building teams, you know, agency, whatever. I'm always in the process of building. And that more than anything is what brings teams together. It's building trust. And the only way to build trust is to spend time with one another. 
It's to spend time with one another, right? You have to be able to engage with each other. Now, here's the debate that I could pull in because I've pushed back against this one area to say that we might not have to see each other physically in the same room to still build that trust. I think it might be the easiest way, but I don't know that it's the only way to build trust because I do some things and not only just remotely, but like video calls, Zoom calls, Skype calls, and doing that with repetition, if you still see someone through a screen, even though it's not the same thing as being in the room with them, I think if you spent comparable amounts of time doing the same action on a video screen, you could get similar results. What happens, I believe, is that because it's remote, meaning you're doing the Zoom meeting or the Skype meeting or the FaceTime meeting, and you're not in the building, we just have less interaction. So when we have less of those things, it doesn't create the same amount of, um, the, I don't know, the same, as, as she says in the article, rocket fuel for getting you to where you need to be of building that relationship. But I don't think it's impossible to build that relationship remotely. I just don't think we do it enough. But I think, I think it takes longer. It, it does take longer. Um, Sure. For sure, from a remote place, because and 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 I always like you know the the thing that you don't get from a remote standpoint is the meeting starts at eleven, right? Yeah. And if you're efficient, you're probably there at ten thirty, right? Mm-hmm. There's a and then after the meeting, there's a leave and a little gap. In those gap moments are where things get really like that's where relationship builds tremendously yeah because it's we're not in a meeting what's up how are you right. like you know what i mean and it's uh oh you got kids or you got this oh how was that da, 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 da. it's there and then meeting time is meeting time and then it's hey you know what i actually had a little bit of time after lunch and you know let's go continue this conversation a little bit mm-hmm. right and i think that's where those kind of like off the books kind of trust and relationship or dialogue builds where the Skype meeting is 11 to 12. Let's just use that for an example. Typically now, like me and you, we've done the, the podcast before and kept going another hour and a half and we right. just kept recording. Right. Like, but, but think about it. it. It's like, we have a, what, what did we be in 2000? Uh, uh, five, six, right. Seven? Seven? What are no, those? Like six? No, five. It was four. It was 04. Because I, yeah, I graduated high school in 04. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was four. Yeah, it was right? 04. We're 15. So it was that 15 years. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it, we're 15 years. And then we had a period of time where, like, right after college, where we didn't talk much outside of, like, Facebook, a call here or there, and then it ramped up later on, right? Like, you know, I think right when you got married, if I'm not mistaken, that we were both in California. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's a lot of time to get to this, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Now, imagine me and you during college, no, after college, worked in the same, uh, worked at, you know, the same restaurant together. Right. It just happened so much faster. Can it happen? 100%. Our, our podcast is still remote. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, we still are remote. We're here now. I just think it could happen faster. But also, the, the other funny thing is, it goes the opposite way. Relationships can be, like, done-done faster, too, if you don't like the quirks of the person. <laughs> right? Because you see both you sides out, of it. find out quicker. That's all. By you being yep. around, like, basically the proximity as close as you are to a person you just find out things faster you get the information faster you you find out quirks quicker you find out you know what you know the pros and cons of that person are what what you like and dislike you figure it out a lot faster the more that you're around them so 100% yep and that's and that's kind of just a thought process but to your point could is it doable man some of my best friendships like honestly have now been remote after college. Like, if I named off like five great friendships that I've developed, I literally don't even live in the same state with those people. Yeah. yeah like, it's, it's possible yeah. to continue. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it is possible to foster trust and build a relationship outside of being physically near that person. 
it just yep. it'll take longer to do it that way a lot longer than if you were in the building and actually seeing them and you know able to spend more time with them so that's what i said i think yeah. it, more has, it more has to do with frequency if we put the same amount of hours into doing something remotely and building a relationship as we would with the late nights the after meeting talks that like all those little pieces that's time that's that's you know time that you're putting into it so no, I, I think also it's the nature of the biz, the work that you do as well right sure. like if we have if the work that we do like automatically kind of forces us into our silos and we really actually don't see each other till we show up to a meeting room right. i think the remote thing is a 100 percent great right because it's like we're not there is no like in between time if that makes sense for the most part you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. but if our nature of our business is like like we're like like what i do immediately has a, a a ripple effect onto what you do etc that's where i'd be like you we probably got to be in the building <laughs> we should like for like the company i work for now once you get to a certain level of like rank you have like you have to move and, and be at the corporate office yeah. no question yeah. like you can't like you can't do it from the field right. Right. even though you've been remote and got you there everything else Nope, you got to be in the field now. You got to be there now. Yeah, because the game changes because you're in a different position. Leadership requires different, right? Different, uh, uh, different strategies, different, different rules in order to be a successful leader, run a successful organization, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, man, I think, I think that's a good place to wrap up the, uh, the, the podcast today. Just thinking about the different ways right now in 2019 of what is acceptable for working right we touched yeah. on working from home working remotely um obviously we just read that article from from susie welsh who says you got to be in the building in order to build trust in order to build anything great it happens in the building it's not going to happen over the phone or over email which we definitely agree on uh but don't yeah. know that that's the only way that yep, it, yep. it has to be um hence why we're doing the podcast again it's all about perspective it's all about you figuring out what which way you see it um and for some it may work for you to work from home like i know just as i'm wrapping up i know that in the comments of that article there are a lot of women in there saying they disagree that they work from home they work remotely it's helped their career it's helped their family life right so it's all to each his own but at the end of the day, you got to you really have to see, um, understand what you want out of it, what your goal is. If your goal is to be in a C-suite position, then maybe you need to be in the building and you just can't work remotely. If you're content with your career, like like Susie said, said, then um, maybe, you know, it'll be it'll benefit you. Uh, but outside of that, it's understanding the company that you work for and yeah. you know what benefits they offer by being in the building versus not being in the building versus 1099 versus w2 like there's so many different ways to really do this thing and jobs are trying to adapt more to to um the work style of their employees and employees seem like now they're making more decisions about how they want to work so there's a lot of moving parts right now in the workforce in the work world um but you know we always end it with a question of the day so the question of the day today is just let's go to like one of the topics that we talked on. Would you prefer to work from home or work in an office or, you know, at a site? Which one is, do you think is better for you? Um, our community is who I'm talking to. So uh, answer that question for us, right? Would you prefer to work remotely and work from home? Do you think that'll, that you'll be more efficient that way? Do you think that gives you better flexibility and it's just a better working situation for you? Or do you need the structure of going into a building, an office building, being around the leadership, being around your colleagues? Which one do you think works better for you? So that's the question we're going to leave you guys with that we love to hear from you. Again, reach out to us. We want to have this conversation. We want to communicate with our community so we can talk about our perspective and see that none of us are just right or wrong. There's no right or wrong in this. There's what's your mm -hmm. preference? What's your preference? How do you see it? What are the benefits that you see? What are the downsides that you see? And let's start the conversation.
because at the end of the day, what this will create is you know, happiness. When, when you spend a large portion of your time working, if you're not happy, all of a sudden, if your conditions change, if you figure out, well, why am I doing this? Can I get something more flexible? Do I need to be in an office? Do I want to move up? When you start to answer some of these questions, you start to find happiness. You start to find what you truly want. And those are the things that you know continue to push you forward in life. T, I'll let you wrap up. And if you have any last thing to say to the people, you can say that. Always remember, you're a free agent. <laughs> I always say that. Always remember, you know, you got to find your happy place and know that if the environment, the culture doesn't line up or the overall vision of the company doesn't line up with where you're going, don't be a prisoner of hope. It's okay, right? Like, it's okay. I, I, I say it to my people because guess what? If the company ever changes their vision and you're not a part of it, they're going to make a move. So always make sure you're happy, you're in a good place. And here goes the other thing. Sometimes you may have to change who you are and how you do things to get the next to next company to notice you if that's where you want to go or if the next thing. You you have to change. And there's nothing wrong with that. The the worst thing I and I just really like to say this, people go and say, Oh, I don't like it here for XYZ. I'd rather work there. And I'm like, well, you don't have the skill set and you're not the type of person that would fit that culture. You need to totally change if they're even going to even give you a look. And if that's the case, sometimes you might have to adjust who you are. I know we always keep it real. I'm going to be me. Okay, well, you are at the company you don't want. The other company wants a different person. You need to figure it out. <laughs> you, know I mean? you need to figure it out. So that's just keeping it 100% very blunt and honest, as we always do. God bless you. I love you. Until next time. That's right, guys. So we're signing off of the Perspective Podcast. Guys, have a blessed week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perspective Podcast. We hope this conversation made you think a bit deeper, gain some insight, or even possibly even gain a brand new perspective. If you did enjoy it, do us a favor. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else you stream. Leave a review to help more people experience these conversations and potentially change their perspective as well. And lastly, as always, T and I want you to connect with us. So follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can find us just by using our names. And there we get a chance to hear your perspective. Until next time, God bless.